The Bellarmine Forum presents Footnote Catholic Insights from the Culture Wars. Here's your host, Christopher Mannion. We're here today with Bill and Esther Williams, who have come back to talk to us about the island of Malta. Malta has a long history. I was just reading Bishop Sheen's comments about St. Paul's shipwreck on Malta and how wonderful the Roman centurions were to St. Paul, defending him in Jerusalem from the 40 killers who had vowed not to eat or drink until they killed him. Whereupon the centurion Claudius ordered 200 men, 70 spearmen, and 70 other armed men to accompany St. Paul uh, and protect him out of the territory. St. Paul shipwrecked on Malta, and that's where Malta came into Christian history. Esther, maybe you'd like to talk about the history of Malta from the point of view of the Catholic Church without the order in mind, because the order didn't show up until much later. Sure. Um, Chris, like, like you said, um, Malta has a long Christian, uh, Christian legacy. St. Paul uh, did come to our island. Uh, God willed it that he landed in Malta. He was shipwrecked. It wasn't in plan- Paul's plan. as He was on his way from Crete to Rome. Um, that is when... Um, the faith was brought to Malta. God sent us the best apostle, I think. <laughs> and it stayed ever since. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's still Catholic. Um, we do have other dom- Christian denominations, but I would say it's about 99% Catholic. Now, as I understand it, Bill, you take Americans to Malta on tours to show them something of the history that we talked about last time. But we talked about... Uh, Lepanto, but I wanted to talk about the siege of Malta today because that's where you see the history flowing out of the island when you take your trips over there. If I were an average American, which I am, interested in seeing the island of Malta and I could hitchhike over there with you, what would you be able to show a Catholic who wanted to know what role Malta played in history? Gosh, there are so many, so many different places you can take uh, take someone. We would really start uh, probably in Rabat. Uh, many of the places associated with St. Paul mm-hmm. there, including the uh, cave where he stayed. There's a beautiful church built right on top. Uh, we, with the groups that we take uh, each September to Malta, we've had uh, mass there and that. Uh, uh, in the grotto, and uh, the uh, one of the oldest cities of uh, of uh, Malta, dating back before the Phoenicians, is Emdina, and that sits at uh, the other end of Rabat. It's a walled city, and uh, uh, even though it wasn't playing too active of a role with during the Great Siege of Malta, it had uh, one day that was really uh, to uh, have a major impact on on the Great Siege. We uh, the original uh, cathedral of Malta is in uh, Mdina. Mm-hmm. The bishops, uh, some of the old bishops of Malta, are all buried into the floors there. Beautiful ornate tombs. Uh, uh, 
gorgeous church. Uh, and Amdean itself is very interesting to uh, walk the narrow streets. The streets are built narrow and windy so that uh, only a handful of defenders could block an attacking force that may have gotten into the city. Well, so this was uh, urban planning. It sure was. Wow. Terrific urban planning. <laughs> and what you're describing is uh, something where, with uh, history in mind, Jesse Jackson has marched through Stanford shouting, hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. But it sounds like a visitor to Malta could learn an awful lot about Western civilization. Yeah, Malta has a 7,000-year history. In fact, they believe there's, there's four to five temples there. Uh, there's one underground temple called the Hypogeum that is a World Heritage Site. Uh, they believe that Malta was inhabited all during that period except for about a two to three hundred year uh, period in between the temple builders and the next group that showed up. Going back a little bit into Christian history, as, as my wife's reminded me, it's, uh, uh, there are a number of catacombs in Malta. And what's unique about the catacombs there is they, unlike the ones in Rome, uh, there was never any damage or looting or uh, destruction of the relics. Wow. So the relics are still in, at least in St. Agatha's uh, catacombs, you can go down. Uh, beautiful uh, chapels, uh, kind of uh, uh, claustrophobic a little bit, but uh, it's all carved out of limestone, which is, again, very different than the ones in Rome. Mm-hmm. You go into the family section, you can see where there were three or four places carved in the limestone for family members. Uh, there are a number of relics still left that you can uh, see in, uh, in taking the tour through St. Agatha's. Uh, St. Paul's Catacombs, which is not too far away, uh, the relics have been removed from there, but it's much bigger, much wider, uh, uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty large vaults and rooms associated with it. Now, uh, Malta is very devoted to Our Lady, and her birthday is September 8th. You mentioned, you mentioned that your trips go over there in September. Well, one of the things we like to tie into is the uh, national holiday in Malta, Our Lady of Victories, on September 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Great Siege of Malta came to an end on September 8th. La Valette uh, had a chapel that he prayed to the Blessed Mother each day in, and then he would, this was in the area of Bergu in the, in the Grand Harbor, then he'd go over to a tower and uh, take a look at what was going on with the various uh, emplacements, uh, uh, both for the uh, knights and the Ottoman Empire. And uh, on September 8th, he uh, was able to visualize the, and see that the Ottomans were pulling out of the Grand Harbor. Uh, he went back to the chapel and uh, thanked the Blessed Mother for her intercession. And he had nothing really with him, so he offered up his hat and his sword. And both the hat and the sword are today in that chapel. It sounds like it would be a fascinating opportunity to get over there and see all of this history, which I'm sure most American Catholics haven't heard much about. And uh, it's a great opportunity. Esther, uh, today, Malta, I remember you telling me over the holidays that there are a lot of processions in Malta. Uh, Absolutely. What do they do, and what are they? Where do they process, and how does that? You're living on a rock, this <laughs> this island that is all limestone, mm-hmm. 
uh, and those streets are pretty narrow, Bill said. Well, <laughs> tell us about the, pro- pro- the processions there. Um, the processions are just amazing. Um, each village has processions. Um, we're coming up in Holy Week here, and it's a really place to be. Out of all places in, Mal- in the world, I really believe that Holy Week is special in Malta. Um, each village um, has a big diagra- diorama statues. They're like live, almost live looking. Um, and all the people in the village participate by carrying the, you know, by the carrying um, the, the um, statues um, or being penitents. Also, they've, if they had received a special grace during the year, mm-hmm. um, they like to go after special behind a special statue and wow. process in chains. And it's just it's just amazing. It's amazing time. There's bands. It's like a bands with bands that are in the streets too that play solemn music, mm-hmm. especially like for holy. holy How many week. villages are there in Malta? I would say about thirty-five. Oh my 40. gosh! Yeah. So. so you could have you could you could only exhaust this during several visits during Holy Week <laughs> to see it all. Absolutely, absolutely. And then during the the year. Each village um, also has a patron saint, mm-hmm. so they also have a week of celebration. So during May to September, there's always a procession every weekend. And with fireworks, not just outdoor activities, but most important is the, you know, the internal liturgies and the celebrations. Well, that's interesting. Um, I met a priest in Rome from Malta who told me that there are so many priests there that they're one of the greatest suppliers of missionary priests from Europe. How is it that the Catholic Church has thrived so long and so well on the island? You know, Malta, to me, as an American, is really amazing because when I first started coming to Malta, you know, it was hard for me to comprehend a a population of 400,000, 420,000 now uh, and 365 churches and chapels. You just can't go anywhere without seeing a, a beautiful church or chapel. And the churches, uh, all the villages competed against each other. So these churches, many of them rival churches of Rome. Each village, their, much of their uh, social life revolves around the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, their mass, every day, uh, masses, numerous masses for morning mass uh, uh, in the evenings, uh, just during the regular week. Uh, Adoration chapels in a number of places. Well, as they're good. I think tradition is so embedded, and the Catholic faith is so embedded in our culture that maybe it's a danger. We can take it for granted. Well, in the United States, uh, 50, 60, 70 years ago, hundreds of thousands of Catholics would congregate the streets of Buffalo, New York. Washington, D.C., for Eucharistic Congresses Mm -hmm. and for the uh, very popular Rosary Crusades of Father Patrick Payton, who was born in Ireland and was a member of the Congregation of the Holy Cross based in Notre Dame. Those traditions have waned. And uh, nowadays, truly Catholic procession is pretty hard to find. How does Malta deal with that with regard to the culture of Europe, where elsewhere the Pope has observed that 
Europe has pretty much lost the faith altogether and is missionary territory. That's a big challenge. <laughs> That's the big challenge that we have right Even now. Even on the island? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to keep our values. Uh, of course, younger generation not only, but you know, the younger generation too now um, seems to be have, having a mentality to tolerate other other religions or other you know tra- traditions, what, which is to me a bit risky um, to have that mentality. Yes, the notion of toleration, uh, on the one hand, uh, is a little different from the notion of diversity, which reigns in the United States, where essentially what's good for you might not be good for me and everybody does his own thing and everybody has the right, as the Supreme Court said in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, Mm -hmm. to decide for himself what the meaning of life is. This is Descartes writ large. Uh, But the Maltese have this wonderful tradition which American Catholics have if they look. But in Malta, what you've just described, the churches, the processions, the villages, the the patron saints, the harbors, everything is historic and oozes of that history that informs the strength of the church there today. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about getting there. Uh, you have a handle on all things Malta, as far as Americans are concerned. How can, they, how can we find out more about your tours and about Malta through the links that you have on your website? Well, our, our website uh, is uh, maltaseas.com. Uh, and that's spelled M-A-L-T-A-S-E-A-S dot com. com. Yes. Mm-hmm. We also have a, a Facebook page uh, under Catholic Pilgrimages to Malta where we post a lot of uh, photographs mm-hmm. and history. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there you go. You can find a lot of friends in Malta on Facebook. <laughs> well, we're reaching out to a few anyway. Be sure to friend me. <laughs> Good. So, uh, and your tours? Are uh, Knights of Malta the only folks permitted to go on these tours? No, I. you know, it's interesting. Uh, when I first came up with the idea of, uh, of trying to introduce Americans to the culture of Malta, uh, I really felt it was uh, more aimed toward... Catholics who had had the opportunity to visit Rome or the Holy Land and mm-hmm. wanted another experience, one that was so deeply Catholic but and, and so uh, unusual in the modern sense. Uh, uh, it's not just... The, the culture just very much is Catholic. Uh, I've never been to a place where many people will name their homes after saints and devotions. And naming your home is a, is a cultural thing in Malta. Uh, it, uh, there are a few places where they have numbers for addresses, but mostly it would be, uh, say, St. Rita House on Constitution Street mm-hmm. or Sacred Heart House. Well, the, uh, the way to start is get to know Malta through maltaseas.com and uh, use the links there to study on both the history of Malta and the fascinating history of the Knights of Malta and their connection. And as we've known from our discussions with uh, Knight of Malta, Greg August, uh, the Knights of Malta are making inroads 
into the United States and reaching out to the young in this country through the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, as well as Newman Centers and other avenues to bring young people into the Order of Malta. And Bill Williams will take you to Malta once you get there. So, Bill and Esther Williams, thanks for visiting with us today. This is Christopher Mannion. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Footnote, Catholic Insights from the Culture Wars. Footnote is brought to you by the Bellarmine Forum. Copyright the Bellarmine Forum. All rights reserved.